For the past 36 months, I've documented my many flaws, plus the occasional virtue. Like a nervous holiday maker bound for Bali, I've laid them out for you to inspect, hoping that you'll go gentle on me. Hey, it's Peter, and welcome to On Your Terms, a show all about personal reinvention based on meaningful work, autonomy, and living a happier, more intentional life. Ultimately, it's all about filling your backpack with whatever's missing so you can go and climb your mountain, where the climb is just as exciting as the peak. Welcome back to the On Your Terms podcast. I'm sitting here with a nice glass of Baileys. I don't know if you can hear the ice on there. Uh, just uh, relaxing after an uh, incredibly hectic month. Um, doing a trillion different things. I'm sure you can relate to it. Um, but getting back to what I was saying, uh, over the last well, two and a half years, I've shared 124 stories about my own midlife crisis, including my marriage breakdown, financial failures, and the search for an identity that I can live with. You read about my quest for meaning and purpose and the approach I took to killing off my debt and how I found more time to, well, live. On reflection, it kind of astounds me just how much my life has changed over the last two years, but change it has. If you've been lurking here for a while, you'll know that I attribute much of my reinvention to a collection of very special people. Most of these people were strangers to me, yet each left an indelible mark, and I'll be forever grateful to them for that. Most of them are midlifers too, and you can read about most of them in the Midlife Mentor series. If you just go to the homepage, midlifetribe.com, and scroll down a bit where all the uh, latest posts are, you'll see a link there to the Midlife Mentor series. Um, now that I've announced my new project, OfficeAnywhere.co, I thought it was time that I backtracked a little and shared some of my most popular stories. Each one seemed to strike a chord, triggering honest, candid responses from people I've never met. Together, they chronicle some of the most valuable lessons learned on my journey towards a happier life. If you read nothing else on the Midlife Tribe website, I believe that you'll find something here to kickstart your own midlife reinvention. So the first post that I wanted to highlight is the one, You're Better Off Divorced. Now, I've written a lot about my own divorce and um, and the pain and the frustration and the anguish and everything that that created, and I'm sure a lot of you can relate to it. But almost 10 years to the day after splitting with my wife, I wrote a story about the pain of moving out on my own. The overwhelming source of that pain was leaving my two precious little girls. Back then, they were only six and four. A marriage breakdown and the legal wrangling that ensues afterwards is one of the most stressful and debilitating experiences you can have, but often it's the only solution. Millions of people suffer through loveless, ambivalent or even violent relationships, and it's the children who bear it the most. One of the best pieces of advice that I got back then was this. It was from a friend of mine, Ian. He said, if you're miserable and depressed all the time, if you're not living the authentic version of you... You're doing your children an incredible disservice, and you're setting a dangerous example. If your girls matter to you, then you need to end the relationship. He was absolutely right, of course, and uh, you can go on and read the rest of that post um, through the link um, from this one, and incidentally, you'll find the show notes for this episode over at midlifetribe.com slash 55, because this is the 55th episode of the podcast. The next one is five reasons it isn't too late to change your life. Now, when my parents were middle-aged, their lives were already set pretty much. My mum was a housewife and dad was a builder and, well, that was that. The prospect of doing or being something different never really entered their minds. Then they got divorced. Now they had to reinvent themselves. 
Much to each one's surprise, they realised that they could learn a bunch of new tricks. My mum learned that she could take care of herself and build a loyal network of friends in a new seaside village. My dad discovered that there was more to life than work, thank goodness, and he began his new life up in the mountains doing the kind of things that he'd longed to do but never allowed into his life. Uncomfortable and painful, as it was in the beginning, I think both are better people for the experience. And so it is with each of us. We needn't wait until a tragedy forces us to reinvent ourselves. Instead, we can choose it. As midlifers, we have five levers at our disposal and we can deploy them to strike a dramatic reinvention starting today. So I would urge you to go and read that post and discover what those five levers are. The next one was entitled Midlife Crisis or a Chance to Reinvent Yourself. In late 2017, I asked a few hundred midlifers what their top five concerns were. And I began them by telling them what mine were. Um, first off, my biggest concern, I guess, at the time was having enough invest- invested so I could live comfortably when I hit 60. I'm happy to say that that's pretty much on track, taken care of. Number two was clearing out my debts. And I've also dealt with all of that. And I wrote a book about it, Breathe Again, Debt Free in Three Simple Steps. And you can find a link to that somewhere on the website. Uh, the third th- the third one was learning to be happy with less stuff. and that I'm definitely doing. That's an ongoing thing, and I'm a very staunch advocate now for living more with less. Uh, the fourth one was finding more time to pursue passions and to play with my son and just live, just enjoy life, and that's certainly on track now too. And the fifth one was to improve my health so that I can keep up with my son when we begin outdoor adventures together. Now, I've set my son a target that by the time he's 12, um, that I will be as free as I possibly can be to nick off and have fun together whenever we choose, whether it's a few weeks in the desert on an adventure or it's hiking, fishing, motorbike riding, whatever, whatever he's into as well, that I will have the time to do that. My dad started uh, taking me on adventures when I was about 12, and uh, from then on I had some of the best memories of my lifetime hanging out with my dad, doing all those kinds of wonderful outdoor adventures. So that's goal number five. Now, the feedback that I got from these people showed a consistent pattern, and it was one that echoed my own experience. Here's what they told me. Number one, money is a big issue. They're worried that they'll never have enough for a comfortable retirement. Unsurprisingly, many of them seem to lack basic investment skills, so instead of leveraging their income, they're spending everything that they earn. They carry way too much consumer debt, and they continue to assuage their frustration by purchasing more and more stuff. Kind of to make themselves feel better for working so hard. It's the same trap that I fell into. You work and work and work and work, and then you go and buy yourself stuff, often um, with debt, just to make yourself feel better for working so hard, and then you end up working hard to pay off that debt. It's a vicious cycle. Uh, The next one was living in the here and now. For most of us, midlife is the busiest chapter of our lives. There are endless demands on our time and resources with family and career dominating every waking hour. Respondents to my query said that they struggle to be present with their kids, with their partner and with their environment. Multitasking tends to dominate their lives. The third one was switching gears. Lotteries are popular because people are unhappy with their lives and they believe that money is the only solution. Others change careers, homes, cars or partners in the search for something new, thinking that new must be better. I've written a lot about this in the past and another popular post called Quitting a Job is the Wrong Move addresses some of this. The next one was uh, fear of mortality. Mortality looms large on midlifers' list of fears, but the sooner we reconcile the inescapable truth about our own inevitable demise, 
the sooner we can actually appreciate the life that we have. And the last one was I called No More Crap. Um, I wish I'd discovered minimalism much sooner. My awakening, if you can call it that, came after watching The Minimalist's brilliant documentary called Minimalism. Uh, Other midlifers are discovering the benefits of living more with less too. Eliminating debt, living intentionally, and appreciating what you already have are all valuable lessons here. The next post that I want to talk about is called Make 2018 Your Midlife Reinvention Year. Back in late 2015, these are the questions I was asking myself. Am I too late? Has, Has life passed me by? Is it wrong to want a better life? And what the hell is wrong with me? Um, I'd become a cliche. I was sitting there on the toilet at two o'clock in the morning, thumbing my phone for answers. I was typing in things like how to solve a midlife crisis, starting an online business, midlife reinvention, why am I depressed, that kind of stuff. And this post, um, Make 2018 Your Midlife Reinvention Year, talks about these kinds of things. And it offers um, details about the 10 steps that I followed on my path to midlife reinvention, from solving my number one problem to finding mentors and making time with my family a much higher priority. The next post is called Decisions That Changed My Life. Now, we're all fumbling around in the dark. None of us really know what we're doing. Even when we follow proven strategies, there's always the X factor, and that X is us, and all the baggage and the conditioning that we we bring to any equation. In June 2005, Steve Jobs gave his famous Stanford University commencement speech. In it, he said, and I'm sure you've heard this before, he said, you can't connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect them looking backwards. So you have to trust that the dots will somehow connect in your future. You have to trust in something, your gut, destiny, life, karma, whatever. This approach has never let me down and it has made all the difference in my life. This particular post explains the decisions that most dramatically changed my life and why. They might work for you or they might not, but I'm sure you'll glean something useful from them. The next one was called Create a Side Business from What You Know. And this post is actually the eighth in a nine-part series that I wrote about fixing your money problems for good. We're living during an amazing time in history where, thanks mostly to the internet and the proliferation of free knowledge, like this post, for example, it's never been easier to create something of our own. And in this post, I answer the big question, what can I do and how can I make money from it? The next one, which I touched on a little bit before, is called Why I'm Embracing Minimalism. This post goes into detail about the life-changing effects of embracing this philosophy. It covers issues like goals versus happiness, uh, compulsive consumption, and the big payoff that you can expect once you start consuming with intention. The next one, which I also mentioned earlier, is called quitting your job is the wrong move. I quit school when I was 16. I got up from my desk, I ran to my locker, and I bolted out that gate before anyone could stop me, and to this day it remains a favourite in my personal highlight reel. I can't quit things so easily anymore. I have a wife, I have three kids and bills and a mortgage. Thankfully, it's no longer necessary to throw out the baby with the bathwater. We don't have to quit our job to be happy. There are a bunch of reasons for this, but a few of them stand out, and in this particular post, I go into detail about those. The next one is called the number one key to wealth, and it might seem like clickbait, but this is actually a very, very simple principle. The average person sees about 5,000 marketing messages a day. Almost all of it says the same thing. Buy this and you'll be happier, healthier, cooler, or better looking. It's always been this way, only now the internet and social media have amplified the frequency and the intensity to a point where it's almost impossible to escape it. The obvious answer seems to be money, lots more money. And it's true, money does solve a lot of problems, especially where money works. 
It isn't everything, though, and many people lose themselves, their family, and their health in the pursuit of it. I believe that building long-term wealth is like brushing your teeth. Do it every day, don't analyse it too much, and get on with your life. You don't obsess over your teeth, you just do what needs to be done, whether you feel like it or not. And this post illustrates the most important key to wealth, along with its pigeon pair. Read it, do it, and then get on with your life. The next one is called Finding Time to Reinvent Yourself. I used to admire people who were busy. I assumed they were important or popular or that their skills were in high demand by influential people. Because of this, I wanted to be busy too. This single belief informs some of my most destructive behaviours, leading to bad spending habits, one heart attack, and many wasted hours on the wrong priorities. Now, more than ever, we must learn to enjoy our lives. Once I truly understood how short life is, I set about living it on my terms. This post details exactly how I found time to reinvent my life and to get back to living. Anyway, I hope a few of these posts are as helpful to you as they were to those who told me about their own transformation. Uh, go to midlifetribe.com slash 55 and you'll find the links to each of these posts in the show notes for this episode. And as always, uh, feel free to write to me anytime. You can find contact links, uh, contact links for me on the website midlifetribe.com and let me know what you're up to. Anyway, until we chat again next week, here's to living and working on your terms. I'll talk to you then. See ya.